Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and this is your comic book episode of the month for April. I am joined by very special guest, Robert. Uh, Robert, how's it going? What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? Doing well. Very excited to have you on. Uh, really excited to talk about the Dark Avengers, especially after uh, the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this was uh, you know, it's funny. Mo- most of these months, and and I know you and I had talked about this prior of like, hey, what what are we going to talk about for April? And uh, I'd originally, I think I'd originally said I was going to do World War Hulk. And when I was looking at my podcast schedule, I have World War Hulk for May, and I didn't have anything for April. And I was like, oh, I actually don't have anything. And so we had talked. I was like, what? Like, what could we even talk about? And so we had said, like, okay, let's wait and see what happens at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and maybe we can pick something from that because. You know, we, I, I was thinking, you know, we could talk about the like uh, John Walker stuff from the comics uh, and some other things that kind of were tied into this series, like Falcon's new costume or now Captain America's new costume. But we, we chose a different path. And I really like that you suggested Dark Avengers because there are some obvious hints from the show uh, that I think they, they I don't know if this is what they're going to do with it but it feels like it's there if they choose to do it. Like they've got all of the ducks in a row at this point. Is that kind of what you were getting to? Yeah. I, I, uh, when I was reading the issues, I kind of see the parallels, not so much the, uh, the exact same thing, but you got the, you got the, uh, dark Avengers, uh, you know, it's, it's post, uh, post secret invasion. If if I'm right. Mm -hmm, Yep. And you know, Tony Stark is, uh, he's been let go as far as like the head of shield and the head of the Avengers. So somebody else has taken over and I kind of, I kind of see the same thing in the MCU where, you know, the Avengers are gone. So there's going to be like a power struggle for somebody to come and take in the reins and be the next super team, so to speak. So that's, that's the kind of vibe I got from, from these six issues. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And this, and so what what I was going to share just a little bit earlier before we started was uh, I, you know, I, and I've said it before, I started collecting comments comics as a subscription with civil war and so my my like heavy into comics was from civil war through siege and uh so basically the big events were civil war world war hulk secret invasion and siege and then i went to college and and kind of stopped buying them as they came out uh but this was like this was when i was in love with what was going on because they had you know civil war was such an epic story and, you know, the whole ending of Civil War was Tony Stark becomes the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so from there, it was like, oh, the, you know, the landscape of the Marvel Universe was we need to make sure everybody gets registered. We need to have this 50 states initiative, all this stuff. And then they started planting all the seeds. And Brian Michael Bendis is the one who did that in regards to Secret Invasion. Uh, which is definitely something that we will talk about in the future as the show comes out. Uh, but that was, despite, I, I think a lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. From what I remember, actually, I haven't read Secret Invasion since it came out, so I'm really looking forward to revisiting that. But I just remember there was a lot of people who were against it, and I really liked it because I liked that idea of like these people that we've known for years and years and years are actually fake. And so from from there, you know, Secret Invasion happens, the Skrulls invade, and by complete, ha- it, it feels like complete happenstance, but obviously, you know, Brian's the one writing it, so he's going to, you know, he's going to do what he wants. But by complete happenstance, Norman Osborn, drawn as Tommy Lee Jones, 
uh, she, <laughs> uh, shoots the scroll queen. And again, this is purely off of memory. And I think they talk about it at the beginning of the dark Avengers and the recap, but so he shoots the scroll queen and that essentially ends the war. At that point, they get the upper hand and they win. And so at this point in time, there's this paradigm shift where, you know, it's been how many years and these scrolls were under our noses for this long. Like we, we have to clean house. And so at that point, uh, Iron Man went on the run and that was a, well, it was actually one of my favorite comics during that time was the Matt Fraction Invincible Iron Man run uh, because it's j- just so good in that uh, Norman Osborn is chasing after Tony Stark to uh, try and arrest him. And uh, at the same time, though, because of this deed that he did, again, you know, the shot heard around the world is kind of how they they called it. They said, oh, well, why don't we have Norman Osborn be the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. now? And at that right. time, uh, same thing, they kind of go over that at the very beginning is like he, he uh, you know, taking aside the fact that he's a bad guy, I like his approach if he's like, okay, we need to have a full revamp of this, like we need to redesign the Avengers, it's got to be something new because we can't keep clinging to the past. And so he comes up with, he still calls them the Avengers, but obviously the book is titled The Dark Avengers. And so the reason it's titled that is because it's all of your regular Avengers in style, but in substance, they are all villains, almost all villains. And uh, so it's kind of like a turn on its head sort of thing. So you've got the the original team that opens up in this first issue is Norman Osborn as Iron Patriot. Uh, and and, and I liked, I liked the, what he talked about with that, where he was saying he wanted to be the best of Captain America and Iron Man. So it was, and this was, this is essentially the first we are seeing of the Iron Patriot suit that we see in Iron Man uh, 3, right? Right. Yeah, which was, and I loved that design. I love the suit design. Um, but then we get Matt Gargan as Spider-Man, who at this time, Matt Gargan is Venom. And so it's basically just him pretending to be Spider-Man. Uh, Carla Sofen. Uh, AKA Moonstone is playing Miss Marvel, uh, also Captain Marvel, if you will. And then Lester, AKA Bullseye is playing Hawkeye and uh, Wolverine's son, Dakin is playing Wolverine. And then Novar, who is Marvel boy is playing Captain Marvel. Ares is Ares. And then we have the Sentry on the team, which was another, uh, like, I was like, I have to read this because the Sentry was one of my favorite characters, but um before before we kind of dive into specifics, what what did you think of the kind of the team, and what did you think of this whole story? Uh, I was interested because a lot of these people I, I had never read about. I know, I know Ares, and of course I know Venom and Bullseye, but I had to read up more on Sentry. He seems pretty cool. Like I, I never really got into him. Yeah, he's a very misused character, and I guess a better word would be a very underutilized character. I think Donny Cates did a couple of good bits with him, and then obviously the original Century story that I think is by, uh, it's a Marvel Knights by Paul Jenkins, uh, right. really, really good. But oftentimes writers struggle with him because he is so overpowered that it's very hard to find a way to defeat him in a sense. And you could kind of see that in this story, but, uh, but interesting nonetheless. Um, I liked this story. And as I read it through a second time, again, this was, like I said, I was, you know, I'm getting the, the comic pre-order uh, book 
and I'm scrolling through the pages and it was like Secret Invasion issue six by now that had come out. And there's this shot of that cover of the first Dark Avengers of, you know, them all standing in the blue darkness with the lightning in the background. And I was just like, this is so cool. And so I was like, you know, put this on my, my pull list. I want this. And even when I read it, I was like, okay, you know, this is, I, I enjoyed this. But as I kept reading it, I, I liked it less and less. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's how I felt originally, but when I was reading these, that is how I felt. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if that's why I stopped reading it. But I think that is because, and this is going to, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but it's a mixture of both Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Mike Diodato. So I, I, I made no secret that Mike Diodato is not one of my favorite comic book artists. There are certain things that he does that I do like, and I would honestly put this in that list. I, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just there's so many other things that he's done that have has made me not a fan of him. But worse off than that, I love Brian Michael Bendis. And this was when he was like the golden goose of Marvel, where he was literally writing everything. He was writing Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Dark Avengers, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. And he is, I don't know if you noticed this, I'm sure you did. Uh, he likes dialogue. And so his, you know, you look at these pages and most of the page for many of these uh, panels is a word bubble. And so I would find right. myself, and again, his writing is really good, but I would find myself missing the art a lot because I was more focused on just reading all those word bubbles. Did you really, did you notice that at all? No, the, the very first issue I noticed that. And then after I stopped reading to take a look back and I, that's when I realized uh, Norman Osborn looks like Tommy Lee. He yeah. wears a wave cap or some shit. Like he's got, he's got some deep ass waves. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, so, yeah, his, his I noticed hair, that too. His hair is something else. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it it and the problem I had with it, and and maybe this is this is kind of what I was getting at more so is it just the the series felt very meandering, like the the concept of the it felt like Brian had this really good idea of like here's the dark Avengers, like, oh, that's awesome. But then when it was actually time to put it into practice, it was like, uh, it didn't feel like they could get it off the ground. So like the, you know, the first, the first issue is all about the team kind of forming the why behind the team. And we get into something that is one of my biggest beefs with Marvel. And so again, of course, you know, this was another reason I'd probably stopped reading it is he talks about this, this unit that you know, shield is no more. And so he talks about hammer, and he has Victoria Hand, who is introduced in this series, uh, who also makes a, a showing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show. Uh, but she's basically Norman's right-hand man. And, you know, there's a bit where she, he's talking about Hammer, and she's like, what does Hammer stand for? And he says, that's for, like, yeah, yeah. That's for you. That's to for you to make up. Yeah. But, I, man, back, back then, that was, like, all over Marvel's marketing. Like, Oh, what's hammer going to be like, just you wait until you find out what hammer stands for. We still have not found out what hammer stands for. And I double checked because I, I, I think about this definitely at least once a year, but sometimes even more than that. I'm just I, like, why would you tease something? And it's now been like almost, you know, 15 years since the, since this came out. And you still never defined what hammer stands for. And yeah, so there's nothing. It says hammer is a fictional espionage and law enforcement agency. And uh, where does it say, Oh, what hammer stands for? If indeed it stands for anything has not been revealed. 
And I, it's like, why? So did, did he just come up with the, was he like Norman? He's like, Hey, I like the sound of hammer. You figure out what it stands for. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me, which is lazy. Like, like that's like the opposite, the opposite of a shield, right? The shield is defense and hammer is more like offense. Right. Especially so. cause you know, you can't use sword, sword, sword and right. shield always worked so well together, but could have called him helmet. Who knows? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Uh, but then, you know, so then we get into the second issue. And so then we, we kind of get into this overarching story. And so what we're covering in this, and I'll, I'll mention it in the the, ser- the notes for the episode, because I didn't say it at the beginning, but we're just going to be covering Dark Avengers 1 through 6. But it's it almost feels like issue 1 is a story, really good story about the Dark Avengers. Issue 2, 3, and 4 is the Morgan Le Fay story, Morgana Le Fay. And then issue five is its own thing. And then issue six is its own thing. And it just, it felt, I was like, where's the connective tissue? Like how, how does anything that's going on with Morgana do, how's that doing anything for this series? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that threw me for a loop when I was reading them. Cause they're like, they're, they're helping what they're helping Dr. Doom out. And yeah, she's, she's just trying to, she's trying to erase him from history or something like that. Uh huh. And like it made, it made no sense. I guess it was just like their first mission as a new team so that was just what, a, that was just a, a weird story to me first mission <laughs> like uh what what's yeah. going on here well and, and i think part of it they mentioned it in a couple of spots of like this was when the cabal was going on and which was like the bad guy version of the illuminati and so right. uh and dr doom was on that group and so i'm wondering if maybe there was something from who knows a one shot that came out before this where doom's like hey something bad's about to happen and like because they kind of just show up and start fighting like there was mm-hmm. no hey you know let's go over a game plan sort of thing right yeah they just did just show up and it was weird because they're like what you had you had uh uh century was just disappeared and she turned aries into stone and like like i guess i guess like you can kill her and you just keep she just keeps coming back like from from uh from the, from the, past. From the uh, yeah from like the the Excalibur era. Mm-hmm. It just seemed so, like, and know, there was, was pretty... even a uh, there was even a panel I remember in there too between I think it was between Norman and Doom or something like that, and it was like, don't ask about time travel, man. Like it's it's crazy or something like that. And it was like, yeah, I bet it is because this makes no sense. Like, okay, she can't. Right. If you kill, you can't kill her because if you kill her, if you go back in time and kill her. Uh, it's going to just impact the entire timeline. So you have to, so that, you know, they eventually come up with a, a semi-creative solution. But what I liked the best about this was you, was the character building of the Dark Avengers. So you get like little interactions between certain characters. But my favorite of all of them, again, because it's the century, is Norman Osborn's conversation that he has with Robert Reynolds in the second issue. Oh, yeah, about the void. Yep. Right. Yeah, what'd you think about that? That's that's what got me interested. Like like it's like he's like got, got a dual personality, and I, I wanted to explore more on that. So maybe uh, later on, you could probably recommend something that I can check out as far as that oh, goes. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's and it's 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 one of those things too. That's what I was saying. Where it's like, okay, so he's the he's like one of the most par- powerful Marvel characters ever created, and the reason that he he isn't hasn't been around since that Marvel Knights story, which I think came out in like mid 2000s something like that a couple years before this but they they purposely turn him into this character that has been around since the beginning of marvel and so he has this giant battle with the void 
who is himself and it's like himself personified basically. So yeah. And I liked that the conversation of like, you are the void, Robert, like you, like, it's not some other person you have a choice, but at the same time, there were, I was definitely getting some of those hints of the, uh, the classic troll meme of like, Oh, don't be depressed anymore. (laughs) Like that's the the trick to not being depressed is don't be depressed anymore. And it was like, dude, why are you telling him like this? Because have you not seen what he's done? Because so basically what happened at one point was, and I don't, I don't remember the, the details, but the void goes on this rampage and it's so significant that, and again, Sentry is so powerful that he actually wipes his memory from every person on the planet so that nobody remembers him. Because his thought was like, if nobody remembers him, then the void can't come back. And so he even re- he, he even re- removes it from his own memory. So that's so that's like the secret origin of the century is like he's been around since the beginning of Marvel. He's like best friends with the Fantastic Four. He was good friends with Spider-Man, all this stuff. And but we never saw him because he had been wiped from memory, so no one knew he existed. Well, that's so, a good retconning right there. He, oh yeah, it was the, <laughs> yeah like the absolute weirdest retconning in the world. But it you know it worked, and like I said, there's certain stories that are very interesting, like that original one. But there's other ones like that where it's like, why, like why? And of course you you know you get this conversation where he's like, like oh tell me what to do. Uh, are you saying that I can control the void? And it's like he, he they, Brian Bendis made him sound so weak, and I get that yeah. he's he his character is often in that psychosis of like, you know, oh if I think too much about the void, he's going to show up. Like I I got to watch my thoughts, which is really sad as a character. But I feel like he really played that up and making him seem like he was just like a baby almost that he's like huddled in in the fetal position, too afraid to do anything. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was getting from that. Like he's like, from from what you're saying, I, I didn't know that. Like he like he erases his own memory and now he's starting over or something. So yeah, mm-hmm. that. So how does Norman know about him then? Uh, so so he the the memory all of that is from uh, the New Avengers. So did you ever read any of the New Avengers stories? No. By, so Brian Michael Bendis did that one. That was right after the disassembled storyline. So, you know, House of M happened and then the Avengers died and they, they stopped. Okay. And it was like a couple months after that, that new Avengers started. And he he is not on the original team. Like he's not there in issue one, but I think it's like issue two or so. They're like, we need to go find this guy or something like that and so there's actually a whole arc i think the second arc of the series so like issues six through ten is them going to find the century and learning that like learning that he wiped their memories and all of that stuff and then i i don't remember how it goes but they like basically give the memory back so it happens basically i'm trying when was new avengers that was like 2005 or six so probably a couple years before this so everyone knows who he is now okay yeah, but then like okay, so now he's had this really good heart to heart talk, and then he's like, "All right, there's Morgana, go get, go get her," and he he just runs at her and she makes him disappear. And I was like, "What? Like all this talk of him right. being the most powerful guy ever, and he just disappears? Cool, awesome." But but before that, he he rips her head clean off. That oh, was crazy. That's, what, that's what I was like. I thought there was something cool. Yeah, he rips her head clean off, and that's the century that I know and love because he is just needlessly violent, and it's ironic too because uh it's actually really funny i won't well 
I, I won't spoil it, but there is a very interesting interaction that the Sentry has with Ares at the end of Siege, which uh, I'm now thinking is probably, you know, they wouldn't be friends definitely after that and, you know, them being on this team together. But yeah, he's he is definitely a fan of ripping people apart. Uh, you see that in, uh, he does that, actually that, that's something, well, I won't talk about spoilers for King and Black, but there's a, there's a nice thing in there about it as well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she, yeah, and that was, uh, again, any time, I feel like these writers, any time that the Sentry does anything cool, the next scene is, okay, how can we remove him from the table? And it's like, you gotta at least give him like a whole issue where he can go crazy, right? Like one little tiny thing and suddenly, okay, we got to make him disappear. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I, I, I don't know too much about the guy in the first place. So I try to try to read up on him on the, uh, like, was it fan, fandom? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like, like I said, whatever recommendations you have, man, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll shoot you some. Um, and yeah, and I, I honestly, I did like, I didn't even care about this story, this piece of the story. I was like, just get on with it. Like what, what actually is going to happen? Cause it, it's like, we know they're going to figure out and defeat this lady. Like it's going to happen. And then it does happen. So it's like, okay, cool. And so they leave. And like I said, you know, the next issue, it's like a brand new thing. Like the very end of that issue, the very end of issue four, we see some people from Atlantis attack uh, like San Francisco or LA. And I was just like, what? Yeah, yeah, LA. yeah. Were you just like, well, that's out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, unintended. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what that was about. I guess, I don't know, man. It's, I guess it's just something more for them to fight. And then they had like this whole round table with, uh, with uh, Namor and, and, and doom and who else is there? It's uh Loki doom. Loki, the hood. Right. Um, I think those were the only other two were the, the hood Loki and then doom Namor and Norman. Right. Yeah. Man. I thought and, it was pretty cool. Like, like the, going back, backtrack into the, uh, the doom stuff, like how him and, uh, him and the iron Patriots, they, they like had that suit interfaces mission to, to travel through that, that, uh, cube. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. and, and he like, you know, and then we find so somehow you know the uh, sentry comes back, and then it's like he's like basically talking about how he died, and now it's like okay, well he's back to st- stage one again, like all the work that we put into him, and now he's back to basically about to be cracking. And so then it's like okay, Norman, you just spent like an hour talking with him one on one about how you want to help him be better, and then he's like, right. I have a special mission for you. I need you to go kill every single person that just. Uh, you know, all the Atlanteans. And again, badass scene, super cool. But yeah, I, but he said, <laughs> I just couldn't. He help said he's not talking to Bob. He said he was talking. He said, I'm not talking to Bob. I'm talking to the void, which is like what he tried to like. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> well, and again, that's yeah. that's the Norman we all know. Like, that makes sense. But I was like that to me that di- why is that happening two issues after the, the the good talk that you had like i don't know to me maybe there was always this idea that this series wasn't going to last very long but i just feel like you could have milked that for so much longer of like people of norman legitimately being a not a good guy but not a bad guy of just being like a, a jerk where he's really mean but he gets results and so you can't really complain but it's like boom no issue five it's it shows it right on the cover he's the green goblin if you if you hadn't re- forgot let's make this whole uh issue about him doing an interview on the news and there, yeah you know but again fine with it fine with it but but it was like 
we know this about Norman. Like, I don't think there was a single person reading this who's going like, whoa, okay, he turned a new leaf. That's awesome. Like, oh, whoa, actually he didn't? Like, we all knew that he had, he's got other things, other schemes going on. Right. And then I, I think my biggest, my biggest issue with this though was issue six because the cover of issue six <laughs> shows Marvel Boy, Captain Marvel in this series. And he is not <laughs> even in the issue. There's yeah. one line where someone says, where did he go? And we know where he went though. I, I mean, I'm assuming he left because in the other issue, he, you know, he goes and sleeps with Moonstone and she's like, oh, I can't believe, you know, <laughs> that Norman's hiring all these criminals. And he's like, wait, what? You guys are all criminals? And I could easily see him just being like, well, I got to go. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, well, but you, but you made that the cover of the issue. So I was expecting there to be more about him in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he wasn't in it at all. It's just like just like a throwaway line, and then, you know, like Norman Norman's trying to fight the uh, the, the I guess the rogue Atlanteans, and mm-hmm. he just he just sent Sentry to clean them all up, and that was like super quick. Like he's like kill them all except just one. So, and then they yeah. kill the one anyway. They let Venom eat him. <laughs> yeah, and it's like okay, so what was that all for? I thought he was gonna like interrogate him or something. Right, but... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay. Um, so yeah, so like I said, there's this was not my favorite Brian Michael Bendis work, but at the same time, I love the concept of this. And so that's why like when you when you had mentioned like let's do this, I was super excited because I'd been wanting to reread this just to see if I still liked it, but more so like the implications of this for the MCU are uh just way more than than what actually man i've got all these screenshots i took on my ipad of tommy lee jones it's so funny (laughs) i I swear diodato must have had like a just a thing up there of of tommy and been like okay i can just copy that yeah he must have just had like a bunch of screen grabs of tommy lee jones and just like had different different facial facial expressions and just put a wave cap on him so that's seriously that's like the that's the osborne legacy is you get a wave cap (laughs) Harry's got the same thing and it's funny because that never happened in any of the movies I think the closest we ever would have maybe gotten actually that is so funny (laughs) I was going to say Willem Dafoe but that is I saw a really funny a long time ago I saw a meme that was Willem Dafoe with his hair removed and he had the wave cap on and that's what I was (laughs) so he actually never actually had a wave cap so um, yeah and I'm looking here too this is I did I screenshotted this century ripping her head off because that's just gorgeous page uh and but then yeah i also took a screenshot so they sent her back to england 1 million bc and there's just this t-rex eating a bunch of cavemen and she's running away and you know again it's like okay you know are we going to find out more about that because current day right now jason aaron's avengers there's the avengers of 1 million bc so i wonder you know if she ever interacted with them i'd be curious to see but um Oh yeah, did you notice? I took a screenshot of this. There's a scene where um, Hawkeye or Bullseye is talking with Norman and Norman says, sit down. And he says, just saying. And he says, sit down. And he goes, hey, what's with your hair anyhow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they talk about his hair a lot in a couple issues. <laughs> they could probably dedicate a whole issue just to him about him like getting a haircut or something. Uh, oh, and right. then I like Yeah, because they talk I, about I, it when he's getting ready for the interview. Oh, what does he say? What was it? It's something about like, don't mess with me. Like, something like, don't, don't touch, don't touch my hair or something like that. It's, God, God. Something like that. 
So yeah, so that's the story. Like I said, is this something that I I would obviously recommend this to anyone who's curious about the Dark Avengers, just because this is your first look at Dark Avengers. Obviously, there's other iterations of it, and you can always get your fill on um, the Thunderbolts. I feel like, uh, and but I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna segue from talking about this series to talking about how this series has implications into the MCU. Because you and I had been chatting about this and and had kind of come to some some guesses so uh we're gonna be putting those receipts on here right now of uh you know we 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 are introduced in falcon and the winter soldier to uh contessa valentina uh day fun is it contessa valentina allegra de fontaine right something like that yeah i was like you know uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to say. Yeah, it's a mouthful. I like. I kind of like just saying Contessa, but uh, but so the you know the the Contessa is essentially another Nick Fury, and I actually got a chance to watch the uh, the assembled episode, which I thought was really good. Um, I actually liked it more than I liked the WandaVision assembled just because it felt like they focused on a lot more things, and the WandaVision one felt like they focused a lot on the first episode of WandaVision more so than you know the other episodes but um you know they, they talked about in that too that she he, she's kind of this like secret nick fury sort of thing and so that kind of goes to what you're saying where it's like and and, and just a you know a, a tip of the hat to marvel for this but it's like you've got 10 years of storytelling that ends with end game and part of that is nick fury is is gone he's like you know up in space Cap's gone. The world is completely different. The ramifications of that movie are bleeding into every single property. Like you couldn't ask for a better. It's it's literally the same as like Civil War in the comics, where like you know Civil War happens. Every comic issue has a tie-in, and now all of these series are forever affected going forward because of the the uh, the what was it called in the comics? But the basically in this the Sokovia Accords, or or because of the snap. So I like the idea that. Nick Fury is kind of up in space. He had his thing where he was, you know, oh, hey, I created the Avengers. And I could easily see Contessa being like, I could do that same thing. Nick's gone. Like, he's doing something else. I have no idea what he's doing. But I'm already gathering some troops because things are start. She says things are about to get weird, which to me right. is is a, a sign for secret invasion. And if, if Marvel, we know Marvel is doing secret invasion. And if they are, you know, that means they've seen the the dark avengers material is, is that that's my like my through line for sure yeah i mean that that's that's what i really liked about this is that, like you said the concept is you know like you have her and then you could possibly have senator ross on the other end with the thunderbolts like everybody's just everybody's just in an arms race to build the next uh super team yeah there's a vacuum basically basically because yeah like there's a vacuum there's no there's no tony stark there's no official avengers so everybody's just trying to be the next you know be the next team and you know you, you can imagine what kind of power that wields to what kind of influence it wields to have have uh, a team that people look look to for protection or whatever because that's that's what basically what happens right now right you got no you got no no uh i mean i, I don't think swords like official yet i think they're just like a they're they're, they're an organization but you don't see nothing from them and MCU, except for what you saw in, in WandaVision. Right, nothing yet. And yeah. you, you don't have a, like a, an official Avengers team. Everybody's gone doing their own thing. And again, you just got you just got a new cap. So basically, there there's no team in place for for you know protection of the Earth. So, like I said, I think I think it's just a bunch of different 
uh, people racing to get that off the ground, mm-hmm. which is what I, you know, which was what I got from this, this uh, Dark Avengers. It's like even these, these, these rogues gallery, you can just like dress them up and turn them into something else. And it, 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 it looked like people got on board because you got that cool splash page at the beginning of the first oh, issue yeah. when they show all of them, you know, lined up on that stage and you guys, you got people in the crowd cheering and stuff. So, you know, if, if you come out with something, you know, per, you know, if you, if you disguise it as something like, like we're, we're here to protect the country or protect the earth and people will get behind it, you know, regardless of, of where these people come from, you know, yeah. cause that's like, like even in the issues they show, they show Hawkeye saying that, you know, or Osborne's a criminal and he's a murderer and all this stuff. But, and he, you know, that's when he came out with that, that 60 minute expose or whatever the hell it was. He's doing an interview when he's like trying to come trying to re- like retort what Hawkeye was saying. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the the real Hawkeye. Right, the real Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I thought you were think, talking about Bullseye. But yeah, no, and I was going to reference that too because no. what I thought was really interesting, and, and they didn't dive into it too much, but I, re- I liked and didn't like that he's like, we're not releasing who these Avengers are. Like, you just know that it's it's Spider-Man and Hawkeye. Like, And they're like, oh, you know, well, but who is under the mask? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you that. And I liked that, but at the right. same, like that, that was where, you know, you start seeing the cracks forming of like, these guys aren't good. Like, why wouldn't, why are you afraid to tell the public who it is? Because obviously, you know, they're, they're villains. And so, you know, yeah, I, I so my thought on that is, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I think they've obviously got plenty of time, I guess you could say, actually, no, here, here this will be my theory coming out. I, I think I think it's pretty clear that we're going to get something Thunderbolts related. And and my money is on General Ross is the one who creates that team. And it's of people from the raft. Right. Like uh, Zemo. And then he's probably going to, I would think that he would ask Bucky to lead the group because Bucky leads it in the comics. That makes sense. But also because Bucky is a reformed criminal in that regard. So like he knows how to deal with people like that. So you've got Ross's team that I would imagine. And they talk about it in the comics too, or at least they talked about it on, on something I was looking at where it was like during this time, the dark Avengers or in, you know, in the world, they're just called the Avengers. They're like the public face, but then he was utilizing Osborne had some other director over the Thunderbolts and they were a covert team. So they were doing like the X-Force type stuff that no one knew about. So I could totally see Ross having this team that he uses for his own uh, pleasure sort of thing that not many people know about. And maybe there's something about that. Maybe that's something that comes up in like armor wars. Cause I'm trying to think, but cause my big bet is that, Dark Avengers comes during Secret Invasion. That's the receipt that I want to I want to put up because I think that's where you have that moment where Contessa is thinking to herself, like this is the perfect time. Much like when Norman Osborn kills the Skrull Queen, of like if 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 the Dark Avengers show up and save the day, they will be heralded as the new Avengers, and suddenly she is in a position of power just like Nick Fury was in a position of power. And so I could see that coming from secret invasion. And then from there, you know, we start seeing what a world looks like with, with the dark Avengers, maybe a more public thunderbolts. And then eventually that leads into probably the next Avengers movie, which is going to be the good guys uh, needing to get back together to defeat the dark Avengers, which would be kind of epic. Is that, were you kind of in that same through line or did you have a different thought process? No, 
that that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like like the Dark Avengers would be more like the the the, the norm or the the uh, public face, mm-hmm. and people people would accept them because you know, you know, they, they'll accept them at face value, right? Like you're saying, right. like they'll, they'll just dress up a team, and and people won't know exactly who they are. Maybe something like that, and then like like you you'll have like your Thunderbolts, and then like the the heroes we have now, like Captain America, everybody they'll they'll kind of be on the outskirts. They're not like I won't say public, but maybe not, maybe not as as at the forefront as like say these Dark Avengers, but they, they won't call them Dark Avengers on, on in the MCU. They'll just probably just be the Avengers. Yeah, they'll call them that. that yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so then the yeah, I guess the question becomes again like what because that's what I was thinking of is like what shows would this happen in because it feels like. Obviously, we have no idea when the next Avengers movie is coming. I think it was uh, Malcolm Spellman who was talking about uh, in some interview that there are a bunch of Marvel shows and movies that are coming that have not been announced yet. So it's very possible that there's something out there that's coming in like two or three years that is an Avengers movie, like totally possible. Um, But for right now, most of it like... I doubt there's going to be anything Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers related in Loki, though I would bet money that something comes from that show because like we were just talking about Loki, female Loki is in the cabal. So, you know, maybe the female Loki in whatever variant world that is ends up in the, in the 616 universe or in this case, I don't know what the numbers are for the MCU, but maybe, maybe Loki, because my, and I think I'd posted this in the discord a while back, but you know, for the dark Avengers to work as a comic strategy, you have to have each of the characters be somebody they're not, but are like, you've got bullseye as Hawkeye, you've got venom as spider-man so you can have those inverted people in the dark avengers you've already got john walker as captain america uh you could have a bad guy i have no idea who my money was on justin hammer somebody who comes out of armor wars that's sort of the iron man-esque type maybe even maybe even just an iron patriot and it's the iron patriot again uh but not but it isn't uh and then who but but then who would be the thor well why not have loki on the team and so it would make a lot of sense too if it was like the female Loki, because then the regular Loki could team up with the real Avengers to try and stop them, sort of thing. So, and 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 I had uh, Yelena Belova as the Black Widow variant. Right. Um, I would guess, or I would put money obviously on Abomination for the Hulk, but for to me, Abomination feels a lot more comfortable on Thunderbolts than on Dark Avengers, just because he's so close to Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because I, I think that's what that's what they tried to do, and I know everybody didn't like some of the the the, the more uh, the more like uh, through lines, I guess, from from Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I think that they were just trying to set up stuff for 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 more movies with with uh, with uh, Sharon Carter, with Zemo, and everybody else. So like like you got to remember too, like what what are they gonna do with White Vision? Like he just left. So that's where, true, right? Gonna, you got White Vision out there up? as well. So, but I don't think you'd be able to pull White Vision into the Dark Avengers because he's so smart. Like, there's no way that he would buy anything that Contessa is saying because he'd be able to probably just see from her body language that she's kind of not, you know, on the up and up. Yeah, possibly. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe, yeah. he, you know, he's in that weakened. Maybe, you know, he leaves and he's questioning his reality. He's questioning what it means to be him 
and she finds him at just the right time and is able to have a conversation with him the same way that Norman had a conversation with Sentry. Right. To say, like, so, you, you aren't your past. So, yeah, wow, that's a great point. That's what I'm thinking. Like every show and every movie is going to have some kind of some kind of through line where where you're you're setting up different characters along the way to set up these teams. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And I, you know, I I actually over the weekend or, or the last few days, last few nights, my cousin and I rewatched. He had never seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet, so I and I was rewatching it. But so like we watched two episodes each night, and I gotta tell you, man, I. Each time I watch it, I like Sharon more and more and watching it all at once. I, obviously, I wanted to watch it all at once, but over three days, as quick as it was, instead of you know having to wait weeks, uh, it right. made a lot of sense. And I really liked listening to Malcolm Spellman talking in the in the assembled about how they really wanted to have they were like nervous that I was laughing. I think it might have been Nate Moore. He was saying like we were nervous that the reveal of Sharon was going to be too on the nose sort of thing. And I was like, well, too late. Like we literally guessed it the minute we saw it sort of thing. But, but as I was looking back, the reason I think we were guessing it so easily is because one, it was very easy to guess for somebody who's, you know, a huge Marvel fan, but two, we're literally picking apart every second of these TV shows. And I feel like if for somebody who is going to binge watch this for the first time all at once, they may miss those scenes completely because there's certain things that we missed on our first viewing. Maybe that's it. You know, you only see Sharon once in that one episode where she makes the phone call. And it's like, if you aren't paying attention, you'd probably just miss that scene completely. So when the reveal comes, it may be a surprise. But yeah. I love her though. And I just love this idea that she is this gray character that we don't know whether she's good or she's bad, but we just know that because of what happened in civil war and, you know, after Endgame, that she had five years to redefine herself and she chose a Contessa type thing where it's like, I'm willing to get my hands dirty in order to maintain power. So, you know, cause she's the power broker. So uh, I, I just thought that was so cool. And so in a way, I'm really glad that they kind of ended on her just to show that she got a pardon because I think the possibilities for her now against Contessa, against the th- well, whoever, I, I think you're right. It's like each show, WandaVision setting up Monica, White Vision, you know, this show setting up Sharon, the new Captain America, uh, John Walker. So there's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Loki sets up or what characters come out of Loki too. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know because there's so many variants on that show. It's coming up. It's, it, it, it could be pretty oh, yeah. cool, man. They yeah, even, I wonder if they would do. I I would hope at least that we get to see all of the different variants from the comics, like Kid Loki, Lady Loki, uh, like an old Loki, but if we actually got them to come into the MCU, that would be even cooler. Like I would love to have there be a little Loki for a while or to have a, I loved female Loki. She was awesome. And uh, that was J. Michael Straczynski's Thor run. And, and I thought that was just Mike Marco Jurjevic did a really good job of, of drawing her in a lot of that and all of her copial, but, um, but yeah, no. So I, I think I, I liked that piece of it do you think was there anything else from the series that could be possibly pulled into, you know, a future movie or show? Uh, no, not, not that I could think of. Like yeah. I, like I said, just basically the concept as a whole was, mm-hmm. was pretty cool to think about. Yeah. Watch, watch all this come out and it not be like that at all. And it's like totally <laughs> wrong. And we're like, crap, we got to delete this, <laughs> gotta delete this episode. 
no, it's still it's still fun to talk about. Like it is, it is, because yeah. you know we'll probably forget about. Actually, this is probably one of those ones that we won't forget about. I feel like I always forget about the really specific guesses of like, ooh, I bet you this person does this in this episode. I'll always forget. But if it's like a theme, I I typically will remember those as I'm like, ooh, I really hope they they do something with this. But yeah, yeah, I mean that 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 that. that that has to be like the, the the number one thing right now, right? Like the the main the main guess is she's setting up a team, not 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 just a Thunderbolt team, but like I mean I mean I guess we'll see more. Like it'll it'll be more apparent, I guess, if if she's still in Black Widow, if they didn't cut her out. So we'll and that's see. see that's why my money's on Yelena being part of the team is because if she's in Black Widow, like there's no reason for her to talk to Natasha if Natasha's dying in Endgame, sort of thing, like. She's going right. to talk to somebody who's going to be in something in the future so that they can have those connections again where they're like, hey, you remember that time we talked? So I, I would say it's either going to be, oh, and that's a great one too, Taskmaster. So whoever yep. Taskmaster ends up being, but Taskmaster, I, I think, has been on the Thunderbolts before. Definitely feels more like a Thunderbolts character, but I could totally see the Contessa being able to talk her way into that person joining or they could as well. or they could be split both right because, because you got you got ross and contessa in black widow so maybe ross takes one and contessa yeah. takes the other one yeah that yeah i would say either or i think you're right i think one's going to go to one team one's going to go to the other my money would be yelena is going to go to whatever team she thinks is the good guys because she is definitely going to try and follow in her i don't think it's her real sister but like in her sister's footsteps whereas taskmasters obviously whoever that is 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 not a good person so they probably They'll probably be on the raft. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They're gonna end up on the raft. I'm. And it's funny we bring that up, man. I'm really curious to see who ends up being Taskmaster. Like, I, I don't even want to speculate. I'm just. I'm excited to see what that reveal is. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Well, cool. Any uh, any final thoughts on this series before we wrap up? No. Uh, I think we covered what we wanted to talk about pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this was a this was a great pick. I think it's a perfect sort of cherry on top for where things could go in the MCU. I just love that, you know, we are living in a time where we can talk about this sort of thing because there's so much Marvel content and it clearly seems like they are putting in the care even in their TV shows to build out this giant universe. So, I'm sure that, you know, one way or shape or form something within this conversation will be right on a a future show that we can call out that receipt for and get our money. There you go. Cool. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming on with me. This was a blast. I always love talking with you. Your uh, your insights are always invaluable. I appreciate it, Alex. And for all of us here at Comics and Cinema, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.